Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast and welcome back to another division preview. This week is the NFC North. I'm your host, Liam. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, mate, how are you doing after uh, taking a trip to the cricket this week to see a different type of uh, sport? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. I, I, to be fair, uh, I'd spent most of the day talking about uh, NFL, actually, with the Aussies. They seem to love it. Us, uh, so, yeah, it was a fun day. Nice yeah. some sunshine in Manchester. <laughs> that is a rarity. Yeah. <laughs> Made the most of it. Um, but, yeah, surprises. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really hear much about Australians and uh, the NFL, do you? Um you don't know. Very, it seems to be very big fans. I think it helps that uh, quarterback has just come out, hasn't it? So I'll sing yeah. Patrick Mahomes' praises. Yeah, well, I can <laughs> I can agree with that. That sounds fun. Uh, yeah, all the games are probably in the morning as well in Australia as well. So it's probably a very different NFL watching experience than uh, than we have over here. But yeah, like you said, um, quarterback show. Uh, we'll, we'll go through all the news, but in a minute. But I wanted to ask you: Have you watched it all now? And what were your thoughts? Yeah, all finished, smashed it out last weekend. I thought it was uh, absolutely brilliant, to be honest with you. Uh, I've got to say, like, leading into the Hard Knocks news this week, which said it's not going to have the same access as before, I just think programmes like Quarterback and All or Nothing Now are just kind of burying Hard Knocks just for the kind of insights and just the, the gameplay. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant, to be honest. Like all three, following all three, I see a lot of stuff about. Uh, obviously, Mariota wasn't in it as much, but perhaps that's to do with the uh, editing and kind of how the season went for the Falcons. It was a bit kind of really nothingness, wasn't it? Apart from that absolutely crazy Panthers game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I thought yeah. it was great. I, all the way following Mahomes, all the way to the Super Bowl. I thought the uh, thought the coverage that they got was just amazing. A lot of unseen stuff, kind of with Hurts on the on the stand before the game, talking about booking his Airbnb. <laughs> just thought it was brilliant, to be honest. So him and Kirk Cousins were just uh, fantastic on the show and so glad it's been renewed as well for a second yeah. season. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I wanted it to go so well that they uh, they were like, oh, let's do a Patrick Mahomes series. So still do quarterback, but then do like a Patrick Mahomes own. But maybe they were like, uh, they kind of went all the way to Super Bowl last year after a bit of a, crazy off season so maybe they thought mm, we don't want to go through it again because chances are it's not going to be as good as th- this season just gone but yeah no I thought it was good as well the Mariota stuff's difficult I still uh, I saw people saying oh I feel sorry for him about the whole going missing like kind of going AWOL thing and they were like the documentary shows the other side and I was watching him like mm, I just kind of have the same opinion I was like I find it weird that he just left you could tell that the head coach Arthur Smith was not fully aware that he was going to get this knee surgery in Las Vegas. Um, I, I, I'm not saying you should believe the NFL team all the time, but I thought Arthur Smith looked like he genuinely was like, mm, yeah, I had no idea he was going to go get this surgery. So for me, I was like watching it like, yeah, I don't feel, I feel sorry for him obviously about his job, but I don't feel like this show kind of made it look like it was the Falcons fault. I kind of came out of it thinking it was still kind of on Mariota, to be honest, but yeah, same, yeah. Yeah, I do agree with the, a lot of people saying it should probably be a two-person show. Um, and I think Series 2, if they go three quarterbacks again, maybe if they pick three good options, the show could be good for three. But it did feel like it was just a show for two quarterbacks and Mario was kind of making up the difference a little bit. So we'll, we'll see what they do for Series 2. But yeah, I thought it was good. Kirk Cousins came across really well. Someone told me yesterday, 
he came across the most boring man in the NFL. And I completely disagreed. I thought he came across one of the most nicest man in the NFL. And to get to see that he was injured pretty much all year, I feel like that kind of slipped under the radar last year for me. Yeah, I think that's probably one thing that I've uh, noticed the most is, especially UK fans watching it, like long-term UK fans saying they couldn't believe kind of even how brutal it was, even the thought to how brutal we already know that the sport is with the concussions and CTE and whatnot. So, yeah, to see Cousins like that was, yeah, it's scary, really, isn't it, to uh, think that it's just all for our entertainment and they're just um, killing themselves. But, yeah, I, I can't believe that somebody would say that about Kirk Cousins. I thought he seemed like such a nice bloke. Yeah, obviously, you know, ignoring the kind of the COVID stuff because everyone went psycho in COVID, didn't they? I just think he comes across like a genuine guy. So, what I liked about his story arc is it was more involving the coach than anyone else's. So they didn't really involve Reed as much until the end, and same with Arthur Smith until the trouble. I liked that. Now it was yeah. kind of more in depth on that side, and then Mahomes is kind of was like more personal, wasn't it? And I enjoyed that it doesn't need to follow like the same arc, does it for each uh, for each QB? No, I think Mariota was quite personal as well, wasn't it? So I think yeah, it, yeah, for sure, it, it, it flowed pretty well with that. You could definitely tell. I've listened to obviously just being a Chiefs fan, listened to all the content about it, and obviously we're in camp now, and they've started doing interviews. So they interviewed Andy and Mahomes about it. You can definitely tell that there was a like, okay. We don't want Andy and like too many secrets to be out there. We kind of want to keep it to be a bit more about you and a little bit about more your kind of passion, your attitude, how you prepare a competitor, how the season went, but really stay away from the secrets. You could definitely tell that they stayed away from, from, from Andy and all the secrets. The only time you saw Andy was all the personal stuff towards the end, wasn't it? About like, how nice he was to Mahomes' uh, wife and daughter. Like they showed that three or four times, didn't they? That like Reed and would go straight to Mahomes' wife and daughter after a game and like talk to them or congratulate them or give them a hug. Um, and I thought that was quite cool to see the other side of it. But yeah, they definitely didn't want any Andy Reid <laughs> secrets being out there, you could tell. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I did like the first year head coach stuff. And, and I like the fact they actually interviewed him as well. So rather than do the mic stuff, they actually had him down, didn't they, to interview, to talk about some of the stuff afterwards, which I thought was pretty cool. I don't know what it means long term. I still can't quite get a grasp of if the Vikings want to keep Kirk or not. But um, yeah, I thought it was good. One thing I thought it showed for both Mahomes and Cousins, and I know we that both their offensive lines were a bit hit and miss. Chiefs' offensive line is one of the best in the league, interior. I think it did highlight how much they get hit after they've thrown a pass that you don't really see on TV and you don't go, oh, they gave up a pressure because like it was a completed 20-yard pass and then we're on to the next play if the quarterback doesn't get hurt. I felt like they did a real good job of showing like how much contact there is around after you've thrown the ball because like even Mahomes was getting hit a lot and I was watching like, hey, come on, Tom Brady would be getting a flag for that. <laughs> Mahomes is on the floor. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool to show like how dangerous it can be even if you get a pass off. Yeah, definitely, because that's all, and it's never spoken about on TV either, is it? Because obviously we watch everything kind of through the TV and then through the like the ears of the commentators. So it's, yeah, it's never picked up on. I thought that was, uh, yeah, really interesting. I mean, some of the ones that both those two took were just unbelievable, to be honest, weren't they? Yeah, well, Kirk felt like he was getting hit all game long and every bloody game they showed, I was like, here he is again, hit, hit, hit. Like, Mahomes not as bad, but yeah, Kirk, I was like, my God, I could see why he's injured. Like, that interior offensive line felt like it was just giving pressure up to any uh, any blitz. I was like, yeah, 
Kirk's about to get smashed whilst he throws the ball to Justin Jefferson. And yeah, yeah in okay. the background, you've got Jefferson doing the gritty and like Kirk Cousins <laughs> is on the sideline, like dying. <laughs> yeah, he did sound uh, he did sound in pain. I thought it was quite cool, like some of the little clips. You know, when he goes back to Washington and that guy who uh, helps keep the, the the balls in circulation said that he uh, just he beat his cancer. And obviously, Kirk Cousins was really sweet to him about that. I thought that was like quite a cool quite a cool thing to see um and then i thought mahomes complimenting all the pass rushes which i've seen him talk about a million times but to see him do it they had the montage of him being like good rush good rush to like every good rusher and he was like yeah i don't want to insult them because i don't want them to hit me harder so i just praise them and i just found that quite funny that they had like what i will say is uh i'd watch uh two episodes of uh, max crosby Um, oh yeah Oh, his season, I thought he was. He seemed like an interesting. I mean, he just punched him at one point, didn't he? Yeah, I know he didn't punch him like hard, but I was surprised when I saw that, and I saw some like non-Chiefs fans being like, "Come on, it wasn't a punch." And I'm like, "Yeah, but like in the context of football, the ball had gone probably two seconds before that, and you could tell he was just doing it to wind him up." Uh, but yeah, I thought that was. Uh, Mate, he's a big bloke. Cool. If he jabs you in the arm, just playing, he's still going to give you an arm, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. And and then in the last game was against the Raid as well, and they obviously hugged at the end, and it showed Mahomes being like... I, I think he was just being nice, but the way they edited it made it look funny when he said to Crosby, he's like, have a good off-season, uh, have fun in the off-season. So, and I was just laughing, because I was like, he's being nice, but the way they've edited it makes it look like he's like, yeah, I'm going to the playoffs, you're going home. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I thought it was really good, really good series. Like I said, Series 2 has been renewed. Any thoughts on who, if they go for three, who the three will be? I am pretty sure the way the last two episodes went, that they'll make one of them Joe Burrow because it, they really did kind of hyper. I think in an ideal world, they'd go Joe Burrow, he wins the Super Bowl, and then Series 3 would be like a Burrow-Mahomes kind of double because they mentioned Burrow so much in Episode 7 and 8. So, yeah, I think he might be one of them, if I had to yeah, guess. Yeah, I actually tweeted this the other day. I put my three, and Joe Burrow was the one. He's going to be the star power, isn't he? I had kind of Daniel Jones as kind of the mid-level, and my reason is we, and like a casual fan, don't know a lot about Daniel Jones, kind of like <laughs> personality-wise, apart from kind of like the goofball plays that have gone viral. You know, like when he tripped against the Eagles and things like that. You know, like your casual fan doesn't really know about about him that much. And the other one for me is a definite, and I'd have Baker Mayfield on there because <laughs> big character. This is his last chance, mate, to start. And I don't yeah. think it's going to go that great, is it? So is he going to kind of... I mean, do they even want to win Tampa Bay this season? We'll talk about that whenever we come round to the South. But, yeah. I thought yeah, that... I think it's difficult because I think you have to have buy-in from the organisation as well. So I thought Jared Goff would be a perfect middle of the range. But yes, yeah. Jared Goff did not like being on hard knocks. And he was on hard knocks twice. Um yeah. And he has been on all or nothing as well. Yeah, so I just wonder if he'd want to do it again. But yeah, for me, I, I just think the Giants are so old school, they won't agree to it. But I do wonder if maybe Derek Carr from the Saints could be yeah. the other one. Yeah. I think that could be quite a cool one. But yeah, I think Joe Burrow's pretty much nailed on. It'd be quite cool if they did more than one star. You know, if they did Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert won't do it, but Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts maybe, you know, like yeah, top, two top. Yeah, I don't. Maybe then you wouldn't need the third one. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if we'll find out, or if it'll be like next summer when they release like 
we've followed around these because I did hear um, I listened to an interview they were wondering do you reckon they followed more than three QBs around and they just picked the three and then like one of the guys like no they definitely only throw three followed three around because there's no way you'd keep Mariota in there if you only absolutely not mate the production on these shows are like cost so much they don't just randomly follow people around and then throw away the footage do they that's definitely not um... no see I wonder who it'll be but yeah it was definitely a fun show I loved it probably watch it again at least one more time before the season starts but it is nice when uh, obviously it features the last two episodes are so Mahomes focused that I just obviously someone like me is going to love it. But um, other bit of news, slightly Chiefs related. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, everyone thought he might sign with the Chiefs. Uh, the odds dropped dramatically for him to sign with the Chiefs, and then he went and signed with the second favorite, which was the Titans. Uh, Two-year deal, I think it was twenty-six million. Thirty million in the first year can go up to fifteen with incentives. Haven't seen how much of that is guaranteed yet. They're kind of keeping that close to the chest, which maybe means. It's not quite as guaranteed as the, the the numbers look, but pretty big deal, mate. And you could see why the Titans are basically the only team that would get anywhere near that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he was giving it all. He wants a good organisational structure. He wanted the head coach, and which he's got in Vrabel, and he wanted the chance to win and everything. He just wanted the money, did he? Let's yes, I agree. <laughs> he, he's got the best deal there for himself. So, uh, least interesting as a fan of. DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think the Titans are really going to amount to much, although I'm presuming they'll probably challenge for the divisional title. But yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a shame, really. I can't see him uh, going deep into the playoffs or getting a ring, can we, with, no. with Tennessee? Yeah, we'll do the South in a couple, in a week or two. Um, but do you think it changes the outlook much? Obviously, it makes the ceiling of the room a lot higher because their wide receiver room is pretty, pretty poor. And they've got some massive skill players now in terms of. Like the physical size of their guys are, are huge if you include their tight end and, and obviously uh, Derek Henry there. Um, but yeah, do you think it changes the outlook much for the Titans or, or not? Uh, really? I'm not sure how many uh, wins adding in a wide receiver like Hopkins extra is going to give you. But um, yeah, maybe. For me, probably not overall. I'm looking at the roster now and looking at the depth chart. It's not incredibly impressive as you. As we all well know, they've kind of been stagnating on offense only for a couple of years. Adding one guy in, probably not, but so we'll go into more depth, won't we, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, cool. And then the last bit of news we spoke about this once already was the commander's been sold. Um, it was sold a few weeks ago, and we mentioned it on the pod, but now it's uh, kind of official and been ratified by the league. Uh, $6 billion sale. Um, from Dan Snyder, uh, he bought the group, Washington Groups, for 800 million. Uh, so he's made a 700% increase on his investment, which is nice. Um, but on the way out, they hit him with a 60 million dollar fine. Um, there's a lot of things in there, whether it be from kind of sexual harassment stuff or discrimination and employment discrimination and all this sort of stuff. It is six times higher than any NFL fine ever. So they obviously the evidence is pretty bad, but then the league probably kind of agreed to deal with Dan Snyder just to do sixty million and let him leave rather than, than take it to court or take it to to further than that. Um, so yeah, interesting news, mate. Great for Washington, but yeah, crazy to see how large that fine was because you know the NFL's found some real bad stuff in that investigation. Yeah, and what really kind of is a shame is that the news has come out at the same time where it's a big celebration, obviously getting rid of. Dan Snyder for the fans and the whole organisation and the league. I feel like the fine is kind of been swept under that news because obviously it's overwhelmingly positive. Where 
I feel like it should have been come out as its own news and let's, for once and for all, let's see why he was absolutely the worst owner that they could ever have and just all the things that he kind of bypassed. That's just a shame, really, as he's... I feel like he snuck out the back door with it and the thing, hardly anyone on my timeline is kind of talking about the final or anything like that, as opposed to like the takeover. So so even with that, well, yeah, he's lost 60 million, which is chunk change to a billionaire, isn't it? But yeah, I feel like he should have got his comeuppance a little bit more, but glad to be rid of him and to not hear from him again now. Yeah, well, a lot of the talk is there's two issues with him is that all the stuff he's been involved with, he's got a lot of dirt on the NFL. Um, obviously part some of it was like I think he hired there's one story that he hired private investigators to look in some of the other owners you know so he kind of knew that if they ever come after him he's going to have stuff on them and I think the other issue is because this is in Washington it's kind of come out that he's got a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff on people that work in Washington DC and kind of work in the government sphere so it's difficult for the government to go after him as well because of the, the inside track so yeah, it sounds horrible to say, but like he's obviously played it quite well. He's kind of done whatever he's done, realised he's been investigated and then covered his tracks a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm sure the City and the League are very, very glad to get rid of him. Uh, what it does mean, though, for this podcast, we could have the fourth name since we've been doing the podcast, the third name, sorry, that we have to call the team because it's come out now that a full rebrand is likely, including a name change. <laughs> so we we had the original name when we started the pod. Then we had the football team, which we actually both grew to really like. And now we've gone to the commanders, which we're both kind of pretty lukewarm on. Uh, and the rumours are, mate, that there's going to be another rebrand. So, yeah, God knows what this team's going to be called. But, yeah, something different, probably. <laughs> Should have stuck with football team. Could, it could come back. Let's bring it back. Maybe that's going to be the... The uh, the push from the pod will start tweeting. Magic Johnson came out today and said there probably could be a name change because he's one of the owners. Uh, and I, let's start tweeting Magic Johnson hashtag football team. That's what we <laughs> that's what that's what we need. Um, but yeah, that's it for kind of the, the the big news around the league. Obviously, teams have now reported back to camp. I think rookies and quarterbacks have come back for seven of the teams, and the rest are Friday, Saturday, and Monday. So uh, yeah, exciting times. And now let's get to our, our division preview, NFC North. Uh, to recap, last season first, obviously the Vikings win the division. Um, they snapped uh, three straight years of uh, of Green Bay winning it. And one thing I didn't know was f- five of the last six years, the winning team in this division has had to have 13 wins. So whoever wins this division is often a very, very, very good NFC team. And the Vikings were that last year by record, 13-4. and four. Um, Kind of a little bit false uh, led to them bowing out in the playoffs. We just mentioned the show, the quarterback, and that showed a lot of it really and that that playoff game that they were not great especially on defense they were, were were pretty poor but they had a good season overall but yeah really the Lemps and Dallas in the playoffs when they when they played the Giants Detroit came second 9 and 8 really good season for them uh, they had a bit of a bad spell in the in the start of the year as well and they went on a nice kind of win streak towards the middle they ended that final week by beating Green Bay knocking them out of the playoffs but unfortunately it didn't mean that Detroit got in the playoffs themselves Green Bay finished third, really weird season. Offensive line was hurt a lot. The weapons were, were were kind of young, like we thought they would be, and didn't do didn't do a whole lot. Aaron Rodgers had one of his worst seasons, but did have a hand injury. So we'll see this year if that was why. And then last of all, the Bears were just absolutely tragic. Three and fourteen. Justin Fields looked better, but a lot of that was on the ground rather than through the air. Um and I'd say overall, mate, it was a bit of an odd division. I'd say two teams that really underwhelmed and then two teams that probably overachieved what we all thought at the start of the season uh, and two teams in Minnesota and, and Detroit that had great offences that I think we all enjoyed watching throughout the season. 
yeah, not to pat ourselves on the back, but we were discussing the Vikings and saying, are they actually any good throughout the whole season, weren't they? Because they were, they'd won the division by the kind of the midpoint, hadn't they? They'd only lost one game. I think they were nine and one at one point. They, they were, lost yeah. To the Eagles, yeah, at one point. So it was, yeah, but they were never fully convincing, were they? Obviously, they were a juggernaut at home until the playoffs. So, yeah, unfortunate loss. I mean, we even kind of predicted the Giants to uh, go into Minnesota, didn't we, and win that game, so. Yeah, we did, unfortunately. I kind of did like the Vikings all season, and I like them pre-season. I think we had them. I think I might have had them to win the division, to be honest. We definitely both had them in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I was slightly disappointed with that that playoff run. They had that game against the Eagles. They were bad, didn't they? Then they had that game against the Cowboys. They were terrible. Um, and then they played the Giants in the in the um, in the playoffs, and kind of those three NFC East teams really did show them where the holes were. But um, overall, still a good season. First year head coach, I thought it went pretty well. First year GM, um, yeah, and the offense was was great. Lions offense even better. Obviously, keeping Johnson was, was massive over the off season. Uh, but yeah, and then Packers and Bears were were disappointing. And then the Bears obviously did that huge trade with the first overall pick there to, to sort the franchise out for, for years to come. Um, let's look ahead to 23-24 then. Uh, crazy to say this. We are going to talk. We always do it in the order the teams finished last year, but this is one of the only divisions where the division winner last year isn't favourite. The Lions are actually favoured to win this division. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know if you... I doubt you'd have known that, but I thought I'd mention that. They are 7-5 to five favourites with a win total of 9.5 is the predicted win total under, under over Minnesota's is eight and a half, which wow. I spoke, I spoke about division. I know I spoke about it last night on the full 10 yards betting podcast. And uh, we were, sh- yeah, can't believe that the Vikings win. They probably, yeah, they weren't 13 win team probably, but then to drop them to eight and a half is, it's crazy, but we are going to start there with, uh, with Minnesota. The off season has been weird for them, to be honest. They started this kind of fake rebuild last year they decided to keep Cousins. They kept a couple of the older guys, uh, but they have firmly lent into that that this year. Um, they've lost a lot of players. They've lost uh, on offense, sorry. They've kept a lot of their players, but on defense, they've lost a lot of their players. Um, off-season addition-wise, there's probably one big one. Uh, Adam Thielen's gone now. He, he plays for Carolina uh, after getting quite old last season, to be honest, and kind of looking quite bad down the stretch. But they've replaced him with Jordan Anson in the draft, which... Uh, for me, is one of the best additions in the division on, on offense. Um, they've also lost Dalvin Cook to save some money and kind of going to give Alexander Madison that run. A lot of beat writers are talking about they are going to try and find some kind of veteran as well to, to be an RB2, whether that's Kareem Hunt, I know Leonard Fournette's looking elsewhere at the moment, Zeke Elliott, whoever it could be. But they are they are trying to find someone else to kind of be the second RB. Um, but yeah, mate, they've obviously got Jefferson, added Addison, Kept all their offensive line, which both tackles played quite well. So he kept Kirk Cousins for another season, could be his last. Hawkinson's got a full year, uh, and they've lost Dalvin Cook. So I think overall, mate, this offense could actually be better than it was last year, because I really think Jordan Addison's could be a big upgrade on what Adam Thielen was last season. Yeah, especially if they can add a veteran uh, running back, like you said, to that room, just to replace Cook. But with Addison, uh, he needs to behave himself. Do you see he got caught driving 140 miles an hour? I did, in a 55. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all been in a rush, haven't we, at some time? But uh, that's a little <laughs> bit too excessive, I think. that's uh, Yeah, let's hope he can kind of wash that out. But, uh, yeah, I really like KJ Osborne as well. 
think he's a he's a he's a great wide receiver three for that team. So I'm also surprised that Riga is still on the team. Jalen Riga from got from Eagles, but yeah, yeah, we'll see there. But I think overall the offensive line is really solid. It's going to be a go again, isn't it? You know what I mean on offense. Obviously Jefferson is kind of out of this world, and his connection with Cousins is still pretty good. So. Yeah, Hawkinson. I, I actually forgot that they picked him up until quarterback. I was watching it. I thought, oh my god, yeah, Hawkinson. <laughs> that kind of scared me at the time. Well, obviously, I was like planning on the Eagles kind of being the top dog in the NFC. I was like, oh my god, that's a great trade. So it was, yeah. And I also love the Vikings' offense because they play a fullback quite often. Obviously, then they ham. So throwing it back a little bit old school there. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they do. They, 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 they play a fullback and then pass the ball a lot as well, even to the fullback, which is quite fun. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you, really. I think offense is really good. Uh, Josh Oliver as well, backup tight end. They've added from Baltimore. Brandon Powell, backup wide receiver, played a lot of snaps for the Rams because all their players were hurt last year. Even those additions, yeah, they're not starters. They're reserve players who are going to play, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 snaps a game. But they're probably better than the guys they had playing 10, 15, 20 snaps last year. So I think overall, the offense has actually improved. Um, in terms of how it might be different, do you think they'll run the ball less without Dalvin Cook? Or do you think maybe they could end up even running it more? Because obviously they've got fresher legs, whereas Dalvin, unfortunately, did struggle with injuries the last three seasons. Yeah, he struggled with injuries. I don't think they'll end up running it more just with the... Just having Jefferson, Addison and KJ Osborne with obviously Hawkinson, a great receiver as well. So I don't see them running it more. I think they kind of keep the balance that they've got right. And yeah, I would like to see them add this uh, running back too, actually. I think they kind of needed that. Behind Madison, you've kind of got like Ty Chandler and and Wonkwu. So yeah, they didn't really add anything in the draft either. So I think they're going to need that spot, I think. But I don't see them running much more, to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if they got a better right guard over Ed Ingram because, uh, like we said earlier, quarterback show, uh, Cousins got hit quite a lot. <laughs> so I would mind. I would, would be good if that reduced. But, yeah, in terms of kind of the last question we asked for both sides of the ball is will the offense be better or worse? I actually think it'll be better. I think Addison is an upgrade. I think that the car thing is obviously stupid and shouldn't do it, but there was no accidents or anything like that. So it's not going to cause him an issue for missing games. So, um yeah, I think the offense will probably be better, to be honest. I know Dalvin Cook is, is a very good player, but um, I I do firmly believe the offense will be better. Kirk Cousins in year two of the system. Kevin O'Connell, year two play caller. Offensive line we love or like. Wide receivers we love. So, yeah, I think the offense will, will, will be better. And I think it needs to be better because they had a little bit of luck last year to get 13 wins. I think if they want to be a 12-13 win team again, the offense needs to be top five in the league. And... I think if Kirk Cousins has a good season, there's an argument it can be, um, especially if he's not as hurt as he was last year because he was injured, like we said, throughout the season. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure the offence could be better. I'd be surprised if it was worse. Yeah, and, I, and always with kind of the the elite skill players of the league, you can imagine that even Justin Jefferson might reach 5 or 10% even more of his output in this coming season, which is a scary prospect. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be a good team. Good team in the uh, NFC North. Really solid, aren't they, on offense? Yeah, definitely. Um, however, they are not so solid on defense. <laughs> the yeah. defense is very, very strange. Um, in terms of people they've lost, Dalvin Thompson's gone to the Browns. 
very good player for them last year. Huge run stuffer. Can rush the passer a little bit, but more of a run stuffer in the middle, which is quite big in this division because the teams in this division do run the ball a lot. So uh, I think that's a pretty big loss. They traded Zedarius Smith to the Browns as well. Um, he was one of the best pass rushers last year in the entire NFL on third down. So they're going to miss him. Um, and if you look at the the names, it's very worrying up front. Uh, I don't think their pass rush is very good. Daniel Hunter can obviously rush the passer, but there's rumors that he asked for a trade. He's still with the team, but we'll see. Um, they replaced Smith with Marcus Davenport from from the Saints, which I think is a pretty good move, but kind of hit and miss on the pass rush. Definitely good in the run, but yeah, kind of has one game where he lights up opposing offensive lineman. Next game, he's a little bit quiet. So yeah, Harrison Smith, obviously a year older. The secondary looks really, really poor. And then they randomly decided to spend quite a bit of money on Byron Murphy, who I think is a very good player, but then it's quite odd that they're cutting salary some places, adding salary in the other places. But I think overall, this defense, mate, they're just trying to get younger and they tried to save a little bit of money. But I think the names on the paper are a bit worrying if I was a Vikings fan. They are... Obviously, the secondary especially is really young because obviously they've got Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth picks one first round, second round from from last season on there with. I mean, they've got. I mean, on that, here, what I'm looking at, they've got kind of um, a rookie starting a cornerback coming up, Black, Blackman. So, yeah, it's so young back there. It's not. Doesn't aspire confidence, does it? Because I don't think the push up front is kind of going to be there either when you've got like Harrison Phillips and Dean Lowry started. I mean, solid rotational guys in the NFL, but they're not going to, not going to kind of win you a game solely, are they? Just on kind of that push there. So, yeah, it is, uh, is worrying as well. Obviously, they brought in Hicks for swapping out. Who was a starting linebacker last year? Yeah, Eric Kendricks. Of course, yeah. So that's another. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a sideways move as well. But when you look kind of what they've what they've lost overall on defense, it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit worrying, isn't it? Yeah, I think for them is if their young guys hit, then all of a sudden the team's going to be really good because they got quite a young left tackle. Um, obviously, in Darisaw, they got two young star receivers in in Jefferson and Addison. And then you've got Byron Murphy's quite young, to be honest. Like you said, you've got Lewis Seen, who wasn't very good last year, but I loved him in college. Andrew Booth Jr. And you've got Tay Gowan, who was also a second-round pick, as one of the other corners in there. So, yeah, if it hits, they've got some good players in the secondary that are young. But my worry is, yeah, the, the defensive line's going to be so bad that those secondary guys can just sit there and get exposed a little bit. Um but I guess my question is, is the division going to run the ball so much that they don't need as much push? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Could they still say, right, we're going to win six division games quite comfortably because we'll score enough points on offense and our defense doesn't need a push because the other team's going to run the ball so much? Yeah, you... I, I think that is fair for the division. But I think the Vikings should have loftier expectations than given the state of the NFC overall than just winning the division. Do you know what I mean? I think that was it's all evident in the playoffs last season. So, yeah, it's something that maybe they'll address with scheme and kind of scheme up some extra rushes there. Or Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not overly convinced, to be honest. And when you look at the win total from last season, it's it, it feels to me impossible unless the offence is just so, so good for them to get back to kind of 13, anywhere near 13 wins. 
Yeah, I agree. I do think 11 wins probably wins this division. So Yeah, I agree with you, yeah. But yeah, I don't think you're going to get as many out-of-conference AFC wins that they had last year. I just don't think the defence is strong enough. Uh, kind of final bit of how off-season additions, how will it be different, will it be better? I wanted to add is obviously they've changed their DC. They've now got Brian Flores in as DC, who is very, very famous for blitzing. So I guess their idea will be, yeah, we're not as talented this year, but we're going to blitz the hell out of the ball and just play kind of a risky, aggressive style of defense, get turnovers, give the ball back to the offense, score points. I think that could work, but I do think there will be games when they concede 38, 41 points and you're surprised. You're like, wow, the Vikings lost, I don't know, 38, 31 to some team you you didn't think could score 38. But I just think that there'll be other weeks when maybe they, they get the blitz package right and they hold a good team to 20 points. But yeah, overall, the talent's not quite there on defence. But I do think Brian Flores, mate, will will make some difference from a positive perspective. I think we're going to find out, mate, in the first five weeks because they've got the Eagles, Chargers and Chiefs within the first five weeks. So <laughs> I'm, dreading, we... I'm dreading Justin Jefferson going against the Chiefs, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, little schedule quirk really. They've got the they're at Philadelphia week two on Monday Night Football, exact same as last season, which is interesting spot. That was week two on Monday Night Football as well last season. So yeah, they'll be hoping it goes better. Than it did yeah, because yeah. that was a pretty rough game to be honest. Um, yeah, so yeah, defense I think is probably going to be similar. I think there'll be bigger highs and, and bigger lows, to be honest, with the way they're going to play. But yeah, it's a young defense. Uh, final point in the Vikings is, which I'll try and do for all the teams, is, is schedule-wise, like you said. Uh, they have the 25th hardest or easiest schedule. So pretty hard. So bottom seven in the NFL. Uh, and they're in the bottom half for rest as well. They've got quite a lot of long trips on short rest or, or Sunday, Thursday games, stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, schedule makers not kind to them, but that's kind of what happens when you uh, when you win a division. Uh, on to the next team then, the Lions, the team that are favoured to win this division, which is crazy to say after uh, years and years of uh, not being not being great. Let's go to off-season additions first. One of the biggest additions, even though it's not technically addition, is actually the OC Ben Johnson. Uh, he was rumoured to be going for loads of head coaches jobs. I can't remember which one. Maybe it was Carolina that he was favoured for. And then 24 hours later, it came out that he signed a lucrative extension with the Lions. So he's decided to stay in Detroit with Dan Campbell. Apparently, he really loves Dan Campbell. They're really close. I also think part of him knows if they don't make 10 wins this year, Dan Campbell could be fired. And then he's kind of <laughs> gets to stay. As head, probably He'll probably be the automatic head coach choice. But that was a... A pretty big, I guess, addition to keeping him because rumours are he was going to leave. They added Sam Laporta, tight end, who I absolutely love in the draft. They added Jameer Gibbs which, in the draft in the first round which to replace DeAndre Swift, which everyone thought was, including me, a bit of a crazy move. Um, Offence-wise, they obviously get to have um, Jameson Williams back. However, he then went and, and got busted for, for gambling offences, so he's going to miss the first eight games. But they got him back from, in terms of being healthy. They got Marvin Jones, obviously, came back from the Jags, used to play for the Lions a long time ago. They've just traded as well for Denzel Mims from the Jets. Um, Jermaine Effedi, uh, Graham Glasgow, backup offensive line. If you look at the offensive line, I know everyone says about the Eagles, but I'd, I'd say, including the depth, this one's just as good, to be honest. It's definitely number two if it's not number one. Um, but yeah, I think pretty good off-season for the offense, mate, in general. I know we didn't agree with some of their picks, and maybe we think David Montgomery could be a bit of a downgrade at running back as well. But I think overall, if you look at the offensive roster, it's very, very strong. Uh, maybe the strongest in the division, uh, at least from an offensive line perspective. 
Yeah, the line, I certainly agree with you. I love uh, Saul. I think he's kind of, he has been what he was supposed to be coming out of the draft a couple of years ago, which is always nice uh, to see that lived up to the billing because, I mean, the last two years of his college career, they were like, this guy's, guy's going to be a beast at pro level. So it was, that's good to see. Uh, I would say I can't believe it about Jameson Williams being uh, suspended for the first eight games. I think that's, uh, yeah, what a shame that is because you kind of have to wait to see the full potential of the Lions, don't you? Obviously, they've got to look for Sam Porter to kind of fill in that gap as a new weapon, but it would have been nice to have seen that overall because wide receiver room without Jameson Williams is is all right, isn't it? Obviously, you've got Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones kind of coming from the AFC South together with Amon Ross, St. Brown. But, yeah, shame about Jameson Williams, really, is running back room. Obviously, Gibbs was a weird pick, weren't it? If you can kind of swap that round and maybe pick him in round two, maybe it looks better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Montgomery kind of... Montgomery and uh, DeAndre Swift, I'm not sure how much of a downgrade that, that kind of is, really. So, overall, it's kind of you go again. You've got Goff still in there. You know what he gives you. You know, he's going to be pretty solid. He's going to make some brain fart moves at some point, isn't he? I'm not blown away by the roster as I was not last season. Um, what did you say the win total was? Nine and a half. Yeah, that for me, that's, that feels bang on. So it's... Ten yeah. wins would be a good season for them, I feel like. Yeah, ten wins. Would it be a good season? I'm not sure. They got, what did they get last year? Nine wins. I still yeah. think ten's good, though, with this team. Yeah, yeah, ten wins would be serviceable, wouldn't it? perhaps get you in the playoffs yeah I think in the NFC there's a chance 10 wins would get you in the playoffs I think 9 got you in the playoffs last year didn't it so, it did um, yeah I think there's a chance yeah a lot of it's going to fall down to Jared Goff obviously good relationship with the OC like I said but how will it be different which is what we try and ask my worry is Jared Goff could just have one of those seasons or one of those bad stretches that he has and that could change things but I am a little bit more confident in the third round obviously they drafted Hendon Hooker Maybe if you're six weeks in and he's struggling a bit and you want to make a change, I think Jared Goff will be fine. But if 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 he's not and I'm wrong, then you've got Hendon Hooker sat there waiting in the wings, kind of add a bit to the run game as well, kind of long bomb passer down, down the sidelines for Jameson Williams when he's back. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think the offensive line's good. The, my issue with the running back is position is Jamal Williams had so many touchdowns last year. Whether that was a little bit of a fluke because they had so many one yard runs, but I just think you're not going to get that much touchdown production from Montgomery. I think Gibbs is probably better than Swift. So I think overall it could be a bit of a wash on the running back room, but you never know. Gibbs could prove me wrong and be so good that he adds another dimension. We'll have to see. Um, the eight games that Jameson's going to miss are actually quite good. I think Chiefs' first game, I don't want to be kind of arrogant to my team, but I think that's a hard game regardless of who you've got running, uh, wide receiver. And then you've got the Seahawks, Falcons, Packers, Panthers, Buccaneers, Ravens, Raiders. Like, there's still a chance without Jameson Williams, they could easily be five and three there. Do you know what I mean? In only that eight games, only one division game feels big. Yeah. Because you know, I think the division is going to be won by the who gets the upper hand on the interdivisional games. Because the outer divisions get that schedule that you just read out there is very, very kind, isn't it? Early on. It is. Yeah, there's they they need five wins I think when Jameson's out because the first game Jameson comes back for is um, Chargers on the road so that's a tough game for him to come back to but 
Yeah, I think overall they could they couldn't have asked much more schedule wise with James out. But yeah, they, they ideally prefer if they're their best receiver because they haven't got many receivers that can play on the outside down the field. A lot of their receivers are slot guys, so um, they'll need Jameson back. By the way, they end the season going Vikings on Christmas Eve, Cowboys on New Year's Eve, and then Vikings again. That feels like that three games is going to determine who wins the division, to be honest. Yeah, that's um, you better win those games early in the schedule, haven't you? Yeah. To, to kind of top that up because that is a difficult, difficult running. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and last, in terms of offense being better or worse, it was very good last year. It was top five in most metrics. I would say I'm probably pretty confident the offense will be worse than last year. What do you think? Yes, I would uh, definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> over to defense then. Defense let him down last year. He got better as the season went on, um, but really struggled at the start of the season. Aaron Glenn kept his job as DC, which I personally... Brian Branch, Broderick Mine as their main draft picks. Um, Campbell in the first round, bit of a surprise, but Dan Campbell, linebacker for sure. Brian Branch, really liked him. Thought he'd go in the first round, but they nabbed him in the second round. He's a safety, but can kind of play probably slot corner as well. He might play slot corner for them, to be honest, with, with how small he is. But um, yeah, and then in free agency, they kind of had to add loads of veterans. So they added Emmanuel Mosley from San Francisco. They added Cam Sutton, who played corner for Pittsburgh. They added CJ Garner-Johnson, who's obviously safety corner hybrid from Philadelphia and played for New Orleans for quite a while. Um and then, yeah, they kept a couple of free agents. So Alex Anzalone came back, James Houston came back, Kirby Joseph, uh, sorry, Tracy Walker came back. So this is okay. It's definitely better than it was last year. But I think if you take, they got Aiden Hutchinson there. And aside from that, I'm like, I think this team's probably a one pass rusher short, mate, to be able to have a good defense. I, I'm still worried that the offense might get a little bit worse just because of regression for Jared Goff, just a touch. And then the defense might not get any better. I think that'd be my worry. Even though the secondary is better. They're quite old, some of them guys. So I think I'm a bit worried about this defense. Yeah, I, I like the veteran pickups. To be honest, what you obviously you have to hope everything that not any of them take a step back because there's not a lot of. Obviously, Hutchinson looked awesome last season. I'm sure he's going to get even better. Aquara, Romeo Aquara, is kind of slightly disappointing. In kind of a couple of years ago, I really kind of liked him for the Eagles, but he's kind of taken a step back since. And then just what's on the opposite side from Hutchinson, we got like Kaminsky and Josh Pascal behind him. It's not great, is it? You know, <laughs> it's hard to see um, this defence up front, especially improving, aside from, of course, Hutchinson, which I'm sure he'll just set off the season like a rocket, won't he? So behind him is a lot of veterans. Jack Campbell, interesting pick in the first round. Another uh, interesting pick in the first <laughs> round. But, yeah, there's not massive depth, is there? And what the top-line talent up from, aside from Hutchinson, is quite weak. So, yeah, it's they, a, it's a they got a lot of um, They've got a lot of linebackers, which doesn't surprise me for a Dan Campbell team. <laughs> they've got a lot of linebackers that love to smash the hell out of people, which seems quite fitting. And their safety is quite big as well. Tracy Walker and Kirby Joseph love to hit people. So, yeah, I don't know. It'd be difficult. I think this defence, to be honest, looks like it'll be pretty strong against the run. When you look at their names across the board, it's a good run defence. I'm just a bit worried about how they're going to cope against teams that pass the ball because, yeah. Uh, even if you look at week one, like how many times is that... Oh, 
of that defensive line going to touch Patrick Mahomes, would you say? Not going to be many, is it? It's not going to be many. No, I'm sure Hutchinson will get through a few times, but uh, it's not going to be many. No. Um, what's your overall view on the defence then? Worse or would it be worse or better? It seems like you like the veterans enough that you think... Maybe yeah, I like, the, I like the veterans enough to say that the secondary is improved. You've just got to hope that they don't take a back step. It could be slightly better based on that. Well, I think that's probably going to be their hope as well. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Pascal as well. Didn't mention him, but didn't have a great season last year. Um, but second year, I think he could be quite good. If they had someone like Yannick Ngokwe, who's still a free agent, um, or Shelby Harris, I'd be thinking like, mm, okay, that's, that line's got a bit more now. But we'll see. There's still time to to add some some veterans. Um, on to the Packers then. I can't believe they finished third in the division last year, which seems uh, surprising. Obviously, on offense, the biggest story is going to be the main man. He, Patrick's favourite guy, Mr. Aaron Rodgers in the darkness, has left. That means Jordan Love is finally going to be the starter. Uh, he's not really an addition because he was there last year, but technically the, the fact he never played, <laughs> he, he is a bit of a change on, on the offence. Um, the offensive line is really good on paper, like really, really good. Zach Tom was pretty good last year. He'll probably start over Josh Nyman, who they decided to keep. They got two right guards that would start for most NFL teams. David Batsiari is one of the best pass-blocking left tackles in the league. But unfortunately, the offensive line is always injured. So I'm a bit worried about that, but it's good on paper. Um, they added Jaden Reed in the draft, wide receiver. They added Dontavian Wicks in the draft, another wide receiver. They added two tight ends, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, uh, in round two and three of the draft. So really added loads of young, young weapons. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon stuck around. But for me, mate, I think on paper, some really good names there. But the weapons are so young, which I think three years from now could be great. But Jordan Love's contract's two years long. I'm a little bit worried that even though the players they've lost aren't great in Bob, Robbie Tunyon, um, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, obviously Aaron Rodgers, who is great. Um, but I think the weapons they've lost, the, the room's just maybe too young, even though Christian Watson looked good last year. I mean, the Packers' free agency was baffling, really. <laughs> they only actually picked up, like... Not even a handful of players, was it? So it was, yeah. Um, and also, I was going to interrupt you at the start where you said you can't believe the Packers finished third in the division. And I feel like I might have to get used to that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, let's be honest, we don't know nothing about Jordan Love at the NFL level, do we? He's been sitting behind Rodgers now for three seasons. So he could come out and look absolutely incredible. So it's kind of like the unknown there, isn't it? Behind, you know, if you was coming into a your first season starting, you'd you'd want to come in behind this offensive line, wouldn't you? If it can stay healthy, so that is obviously a massive plus for him. But the weapons, yeah, I, I wasn't sold on Christian Watson massively uh, last season. So we'll see what kind of uh, Jaden Reed, what different dynamic he can bring in. Uh, I'm not convinced at all by the weapons. Interesting, they've kept both uh, Aaron Jones and obviously AJ Dillon still there. So you've got a good one-two punch there on the ground, haven't you? But overall, mate, this is, doesn't feel like the Green Bay Packers offense that everyone's known for the last 25 years. Rogers, <laughs> so no, no Hall of Famer to fall back on now. But it'd be interesting to see how Matt Lafleur obviously gets on calling the plays because. He did have to change his offense to fit what Rodgers wants. So this will be much more of a Rams-style offense, you would think. But we'll see. Um, yeah, do you think 
I think they 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 surprisingly run the ball a lot anyway. Like even with Aaron Rodgers, they ran the ball a lot. But I do think the run game could take even more of a slight uptick. And I also think Jordan Love being a bit more mobile, not necessarily running the ball himself all the time, but moving out of the pocket, roll left, roll right, kind of bootleg stuff. I think maybe more runs and more kind of bootleg action, play action stuff could happen rather than just drop back and pass it 30 times a game. I, I do feel like as a team, they'll move around a bit more and run a little bit more just to, to stop Jordan Love having to drop back and just straight pass it 35, 40 times a game. Yeah, I think um, they'll make it probably more fun to watch for kind of a neutral fan because obviously watching Rodgers with weapons that aren't great like he's had for the last couple of years he's not that fun is it really <laughs> like he he, <laughs> he kind of gets frustrated and then yeah he's trying to fit everything into the tightest window possible so this could uh, kind of randomize the Packers offense for kind of like a neutral fan watching I'm absolutely do you know what the, the Bears Packers the first game of the season I think that is an absolutely cracking game because <laughs> just just for what the Packers are going to look like on offense, I think is going to be uh, very interesting. Yeah, I agree. Here's going to be interesting. Um, apparently, Romeo Dobbs or Dubs is uh, who's been getting most of the work with um, with Jordan Love in all the camps. Apparently, they've got quite a good connection. Christian Watson and uh, Reed, not so much yet, but um, that'll be interesting to follow for fantasy football. Uh, and Luke Musgrave as well. I really loved him in the draft. Apparently looks really good in, in the early camps after his injury. Looks like he's going to be healthy for the start of the season. So, yeah, I am interested to see how the tight ends go. But I called it on when we did the uh, AFC's pod. It would not surprise me if there was a David Bakhtiari to the Jets trade in week eight or week seven or eight, just uh, before the deadline. But we'll, we'll see. Um, not yeah, wanting not... to talk too much about Rodgers, by the way, but he did his official photo shoots this week in his Jets uniform. Have you seen it? And he looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> He looks skinny as well now, by the way. He looks like Tom Brady when he got to the Bucks like lost. He does. He does look skinny, yeah. Yeah, he's lost uh, He's lost a lot of weight, but let's hope it doesn't lead to another Super Bowl like it did for Tom Brady because uh, I think we're all slightly fed up of Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, I hope Jordan Love's good. But it's a bit weird that he took uh, a different contract offer that actually meant he gets paid less money. <laughs> but he's going to be the QB for two years. I, I don't know if that tells me that they... They're worried about him even more than I thought, or they're worried about him less. I can't quite work out what they think, but yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be a fun, fun offense to watch at least in terms of not not knowing what we're going to see. Um, from the defense, then, unfortunately, they kept the DC Joe Barry, who was terrible last year. Um, this defense on paper is so good; it should be one of the best in the NFC. And then every year, the play calling is just diabolical. It just feels like they just give up run after run after run. Um, but yeah, they haven't really added loads to it. They'd obviously lost Adrian Amos, who's a pretty big, big loss as a, as a safety. Um, Rudy Ford will probably start in his place now. Tredavious Moore came over from San Francisco. He can play corner or safety, um, bit of a kind of hybrid replacement. They added Lucas Van Ness in the draft, very typical Packers, and then Carl Brooks from Bowling Green in like round four or five as well. So a couple of pass rushers, but the starting defense will probably be the same, very similar, mate, to, to last year, to be honest, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, unbelievably, they've got eight of their own first-round draft picks on defence, which is kind of unheard of, really, isn't it, around the league? But one thing I will say is that Wyatt and Walker, last year's first-round picks, need to step up their kind of level of play. Because I thought both of those were pretty disappointing last season coming out of um, Georgia. So that'd be good to see those kind of improve their game. But on paper... Yeah, this is one of the best, certainly in the NFC, probably in the whole league, 
to be honest, and kind of doesn't match up with the offence, does it, at all. So he's kind of like, this is a real change, really, for the Packers, obviously. I've been watching football for a long time, so it's kind of like the Packers are now led by defence, which is something that they're <laughs> not used to seeing. But, yeah, on paper, this is a great, great defence. Yeah, I just hate the play caller. I think the defence is so stagnant every time they watch them. But, yeah, you're right. Wyatt definitely needs to play better. I think Quay Walker was all right at times in the run, but, yeah, definitely can improve. Um, for your sake, I hope that not the whole Georgia defence ends up being busts, because otherwise that might not, <laughs> be, <better> nice. not be. <laughs> nice for the uh, for the Eagles. But yeah, pretty big season, I think, for Kenny Clark and Preston Smith, because they can both be cut or traded next offseason. Massive names, massive contracts, but both of them underperformed last year. Uh, so I'm, they'll be hoping for, for better seasons. But yeah, Jair Alexandra, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Russell Douglas... That's a hell of a secondary. So, yeah, I think teams are going to struggle to pass the ball, but we'll see if the Packers can can learn to stop the run. I think the defence could be better. Like you said, maybe some of the rookies grow into it. Luke's Van Ness adds another pass rusher. Kenny Clark stays healthy. I think, yeah, I think personally defence could be better and it probably needs to be better, to be honest. What do you think? Yeah, to challenge for the division, which obviously every kind of Packers fan and kind of everybody really looking at it thinks that Packers are going to challenge for the division again. I think it needs to step up a level because we'll be unknown on the offence, really, let's be honest. So those younger players can kind of step in and step up their levels. I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be be better than last season for sure. Nice, yeah. And uh, schedule-wise, they've got the 14th easiest schedule, so pretty good. Pretty good rest advantage as well. Um, it's the easiest schedule and best rest advantage the Packers have had in the last six seasons. So, um, obviously, that's where they finish in the division. But, uh, yeah. And I didn't mention it for the Lions, but the Lions have actually got a top 10 easy ske- easiest schedule in the NFL. So, the Lions really finished second in the division. Obviously, the road games they've got versus home. Um, yeah, pretty nice schedule, especially if you take the Chiefs out. They've got, like, a top six easiest schedule after week one. So, um, yeah, Lions and Packers easier schedule, so we'll see how many like, games. I love the Packers start, to be honest with you. I think going Bears, Falcons, Saints, Lions, Raiders, Broncos is pretty kind. Pretty kind pretty, start, isn't it, in the NFL? Pretty kind, especially for their defence. But yeah, Jordan Love's got some pass rushes there to to contend with, hasn't he? Minus minus the first game, first two games. <laughs> but yeah, they could easily be 2-0. and couldn't they? After two games, which would be nuts <laughs> with how bad they started last year. 2-0 and, and the Jets are 0-2. You know what the timelines are going to be for, don't you, if uh, the Jets are 0-2. Oh, yes. so. I will be retweeting all Roger Slander at that point. Um, cool. Last team in the division then. They are uh, Chicago Bears, but for this year, their win total uh, is actually 7.5. Wow. What is it? Which is, yeah, which is high, and they are the same odds to win the division as the Green Bay Packers, which I never, not never thought I'd see, but did not think I'd see in in a while. Um, strength of schedule wise, six easiest in the league. They've got really good rest schedule. They don't have any long, awful travels after short rest. So, yeah, really kind schedule um, to the Chicago Bears. But we'll talk about the offense first. Uh, DJ Moore added in that first round pick, first sorry trade for the first overall pick, um, which is which is important. Um, for, for the team, Nate Davis added right guard, added in uh, the the free agency. They used to play for Tennessee. They got Darnell Wright, probably more of a right tackle only, who they added in the draft in the first round, which was a pretty good pick. Um, and then they kept Khalil Herbert as well, who's going to be their starting running back after they lost Montgomery. So, yeah, overall, um, got Braxton Jones, who'll stay at left tackle after last year. Tevin Jenkins might play left guard, probably. We'll see. 
Cody Whitehair is probably going to beat out Lucas Patrick. Lucas Patrick was not good last year. But for me, overall, offensive line is better. Still not great, but better. Um, DJ Moore does make a difference, but I'm a bit worried, obviously, about that Chase Claypool trade. Uh, running back room's okay, but the whole offense is going to ride on how good Justin Fields can improve, mate, isn't it, in the passing game, I think. He's come out and said that I'm passing for 4,000 yards. Have you seen that? I have. That'd be a Bears record, I believe, wouldn't it? It would be a Bears record and almost double what he threw for last season. <laughs> so that is, uh, yeah, you must think that there's either he has had some big improvement in the off-season or he's uh, really happy with the offensive line. Kind of now that's going to be. And obviously he's got DJ Moore now, true number one weapon, hasn't he? But I mean, Claypool's got to be better because he was absolutely terrible, wasn't it? Really the worst thing the Bears did, really, in kind of the last 12 months because they were looking good, kind of, in the... Uh, the GM was looking good, especially with the, the number one pick trade. But, uh, yeah, the Claypool thing took a little bit of shine off that. But, yeah, he's got to improve himself. Obviously, they've still got Darnell Mooney, haven't they, uh, kind of in the slot. So, kind of like the weapons that they've got. And, you know, after that, they've got, still got um, Equinemius St. Brown. It's kind of your wide receiver four. So, yeah, it's looking... I'm not so sure on Vellis Jones Jr. who's about 35 now. who's in his <laughs> second season in the league. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how that, well that's going to go. But, man, it's all going to come down to Justin Fields. He was so excited at times, but obviously we know that style is not sustainable, is it, to win in the NFL? No, so, I saw quite a cool video from uh, NFL with um, uh, Nick Bosa saying that um, he's the best rushing quarterback of all time that Justin Fields is, or in the league. I can't remember all time, but he definitely said in the league. Uh, and yeah, when you watch the videos of last year, it's hard to disagree. Like, I know Lamar was crazy a couple of years ago, but Justin Fields has got that power run game as well of how big he is. Um, so I do think they'll run him a lot, but yeah, they might have to tone it down a bit. I um, think they pass it more. Like, lo- logic says they they should pass it more. And obviously DJ Moore's in their team, but do you honestly believe that they will end up passing it more? I mean, there must be somewhere he's getting these 4,000 yards from because on the run-pass ratio, he'd have to complete, from last year, he'd have to complete nearly every pass, wouldn't he, to get even <laughs> up to there. So, yeah. Yeah, you've got to pass it more. So, it's, it's a passing league. Obviously, his style is not going to be sustainable throughout his whole career. So, it's yeah. as much as you wish you could turn injuries off, someone like Justin Fields so we could just all kind of admire his skill set as a player he's got to pass it more this season so yeah it's, he's got the weapons there you know he, he doesn't have a, a bottom six weapons in the league he's, no. what he's got is what he's got is pretty good so yeah it's a big test for him really this season yeah we didn't talk about the uh, the tight end room really, but Cole Komet's there and they added Robert Tonya as well from Green Bay for two of tight end sets so yeah you're right the weapons are really good. It's the, it's probably the deepest core of weapons in the division. Also, not, also not the best, but it's it's really deep um, compared to others in the division with with, with the backup tight end there. Obviously, St. Brown and, and Vadas Jones is. A, we'll see how good he is. But Dante Pettis was pretty good down the field last year. So, yeah, it's much better than it was last year. So for me, I think the offense has to be better. The, for the Bears to have a perfect season, the offense will be pretty good. Fields would look really good. And the defense would be so bad that they still only win five games and they get to pick Marvin Jones Jr. or someone uh, in, in the draft. It's not Marvin Jones Jr., sorry. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft. Um, that's the ideal for them, isn't it? I think for Justin Fields to prove he's the quarterback of the future for the team and then 
have a bad enough pick to draft a left tackle or a or a wide receiver or a star pass rusher, I think would be uh, would be would be for the Bears. Um, defense wise, then like I said, yeah, I'm not holding up much hope for this unit. They have got some money still, and the rumors are they're still sniffing around a veteran pass rusher. But yeah, in terms of off season additions, they added quite a lot of players because most of the defense left in free agency. But I'm worried about how good it is. They've added Demarcus Walker, kind of inside outside rusher from Tennessee. Andrew Billings, who's a pure run stuffer from Vegas. Justin Jones, who played for the Chargers last year but barely played. Um, Zach Pickens and Gervin Dexter in the in the draft, both kind of interior rushers slash run stuffers. Um, spent a lot of money on TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker position in the offseason on that kind of first day of free agency. And then the secondaries, mainly the same. Kyler Gordon, Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Johnson. Three of those guys are pretty young. And then they added Tyreek Stevenson, who I actually quite like in the draft. So, yeah, quite a young secondary that probably needs another year to develop. But, mate, it's probably the worst defensive line, I think. in the. It's definitely the worst we've done so far in the previews, but arguably the worst in the NFL. It is, unfortunately, yeah, because I think when you're having Demarcus Walker as your kind of number one pass rusher, that really tells you that, mo- I mean, the most teams in the uh, previews that we've done so far, he'd kind of be like number three or four guy, wouldn't he? So it was, yeah, it's unfortunate, really. That is not going to win you many games, is it? And then you've got a really young secondary, like you said. I, I actually really like both Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, but spending a lot of money on both of those was probably not the smartest thing to do when they should have gone kind of got a pass rusher, maybe, in place of... Uh, Edmonds there, so yeah, it's a, it's kind of a shame really when you look at it like that. It's there's only so many wins that an offense is like the Bears is going to win you unless Justin Fields can take a big leap forward and in the passing game, isn't there? Because that's going to then reflect on the defense. Yeah, I agree. I think if this team had um, Hardgrave in from the Eagles, he went to the 49ers, for example, instead of TJ Edwards, I think you'd be looking at this defense going, yeah. They need a pass rusher next year's draft for sure, but they'll be pretty good in the interior. They'll stop the run. They'll have a young secondary that can fly all over the place. But at the moment, it's like, yeah, they're not getting any pressure. So the other team's quarterback will just sit back and, and pass it all day. They, I think they could. there's a chance they could um, defend the run quite well. They've got some real big players. And to be honest, their edge rushers, a lot of them are. Even DeMarcus Walker's played a lot of time inside. So I do think they'll probably stop the run quite well. But yeah, I think teams will probably be able to pass all over them, unfortunately. But like I said earlier... For them, they kind of probably want the defense to lose them games and Justin Fields to look great. So then they know, right, next season we've got only one thing to think about. We don't have to worry about a quarterback. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty worried about the defense. Um, for me, not not any chance they can win the division with the defense this bad, mate. No chance for me. No, no, no. I, I really can't see that. I, I think uh, if the Vikings kind of regress to their mean of maybe 11 wins, and that, that should be absolutely fine. I don't think the Bears are going to... What do you say? What, 7.5? I, I can't see yeah. it, to be honest with you. I can't believe they've got the same odds as the Packers, to be honest, to win the division. Yeah, yeah, same. I also actually do think, with the defence, it could be this bad. The head coach being Matt Eberflus, if they have five wins, maybe six wins, he obviously calls the defensive plays. Defence is really bad. They don't get seven wins they get five or six or four I do think he'll probably be fired again unfortunately um, which is not great for Justin Fields' future but uh, I could I could definitely see it 
Um, cool. Let's go on to predictions then, mate. Um, you started last one, so I'll start this one. Uh, I think we're going to be the same here. I am going to stick with a repeat, so I'm not going to go in the bookies' odds. I'm going to go with the odds of last year. I'm going to go the Vikings to win the division. I think the offense is too good. I think Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, and Kirk Cousins are going to be enough to pass teams off the field at times. So, yeah, I'm going to go Vikings to win the division again, back-to-back. Yeah, I'm sticking with you because... I don't think they're going to get 13 wins. I think they're going to get kind of 11 wins. And the offense is, is good enough there, to, especially with the addition of Addison. It could be pretty dynamic in the passing game. So, yeah, for me, it's going to be the Vikings. Yeah, I did mention that over eight and a half wins um, is one of my best bets for the whole season. I'd be surprised if they don't win nine, ten games at least. They're actually evens to make the playoffs as well, which I think is crazy odds. So, yeah, uh, Vikings for me. Um Second, then, I am actually unfortunately going to stick with the uh, the order of last year, and I'm going to go with the Lions. I think it's very hard for me, even though I do think Love's okay. I'm probably a bit more of a believer than him than most, um, but it's such a downgrade there that I just think that the Lions are going to have enough to finish second. Um, I think the offense will still be good enough. Defense will be able to stop the run. They'll have a few kind of crazy games from Aiden Hutchinson that will get them some, some sacks and some kind of strip sack fumble stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to go Lions second. I'm going to pack a second. Uh, as you know, I'm not a Lions uh, believer. <laughs> Campbell hater, well known. Yeah, Campbell hater. But last year they finished nine and eight. Packers eight and nine. That could very well swap round. I think both kind of be similar. Just like the Packers defense on paper, I think if the kind of can get past the DC's bad calling and we can get more production from last year's first round picks, I think the Packers are going to edge it in second. That's the first d- difference we've had in three division previews. So I'm glad we've got a difference. Really? Yeah, that is. Yeah, I could see it happening as well, especially if you know Jameson doesn't come back quite well, or they have an injury, or Goff regresses. But yeah, um, I'll stick with the Lions. So that means at third, I've got the Packers. Uh, I do think they'll be quite close, but maybe the Lions beat them enough times to to get that win over them or to finish one game ahead. Um, but yeah, I've gone with the Packers. I think their floor is like six wins. That'd be the worst case for me. Uh, I think best case, probably nine wins with that quarterback. So, yeah, I've gone Packers third. I assume you've got Lions third? Yeah, Lions third. I think, like you said, I think it'd be very, very close. I think you're looking at the 8-9, 9-8 kind of region for both of these teams. Nice. And that means we both got the Bears in fourth, unfortunately. I would pretty much say that if they finish fourth, that Iberflus would probably lose his job. They'd probably need, like, eight wins and to lose, like, on a tiebreaker. For him not to, to lose his job but yeah for me Bears finished fourth he's going to struggle to keep his job but hopefully for them Fields has a good season and then they've got a good draft pick to add a pass rusher left tackle or another weapon if they want to let Claypool and, and Mooney move on in the summer so yeah fourth Bears for me yeah the same obviously the same for me and I'd like to see them beat the three wins from last season I'd love to see Fields kind of touching 4,000 passing yards. I think that would be a big progression for his career and then moving on into the future. Schedule, obviously, is quite kind, but week three at Kansas City could be absolutely brutal watching, to be honest. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Although Justin Fields will probably run about 150 yards, but I have got him in three dynasty leagues, so that, 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 that'll be fine. Um, cool, and then last question we always finish off with, how many teams are going to make the playoffs? NFC's tough because it's a much weaker conference, so I've actually gone with two. I've gone with Dan Campbell breaking the Lions' playoff duck for a while, and uh, I think they're going to scrape in. 
maybe the last team out of them all finished seventh, one better than they did last year and sneak into the playoffs. And I'm sure I'll be cheering them on in the playoffs as a, as a Goff fan. But yeah, I've gone with two. Are you going with one or are you going two as well? And the Packers get managed to get in somehow with Jordan Love. No, I'm going two. Uh, I'm going two. I think the Packers may get the seventh seed just because the. Th- I mean, thinking logically, the South is going to be weak again. So, I don't think yeah. the West will have three. So I'm going to yeah, I'm going to go the Packers sneaking probably the seventh and then yeah, interesting wild card game something maybe even in Philadelphia. Let's see. <laughs> now you want the one seed. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. This kind of does highlight our lack of faith in the South, which we'll probably uh, talk about in two weeks' time. But yeah, that's it for uh, NFC North preview. Um, that's it. I've got Vikings first, same as you, Patrick. I've gone for Lions second. You've gone Packers second. Uh, I've flipped it. Obviously, Packers third. You've gone Lions third. Then we've both gone for the best finish fourth. We've both gone two playoff teams, but obviously the other way around, Lions and Packers. Um, and that's it for, for, for this week's pod. Next week, we are going to move over and do the AFC South, um, which is another interesting division with some good teams and some really bad teams, so we shall see. Um, go follow us at Go4Two-Pod. Uh, go follow the guys at Full 10 Yards as well, um, at Full 10 Yards on Twitter, Full 10 Yards NFL as well on, online. Uh, they're having an opening week party that anyone who wants to listen can can, can come to that, um, get a ticket, get some free drinks with it as well, and it'll be real fun. Uh, and then you also might get to meet us and tell us which takes of ours you hate, which would be fun. Uh, go follow Patrick at Mugs NFL uh, and enjoy your weekend, guys. Hey.